0: You're listening to Rabbits and Adol Kazilski. Welcome everybody to Chai FM. Shavuot Tov to everyone. Hope you had a spectacular Shabbat and weekend. And yes, it is another week closer to us coming to the high holidays. Ladies, I hope that you are all in gear and starting to prepare for the meals and the arrangements and the whatnots. Um, Time is going to fly very, very fast. And before we know it, I think we're going to actually look at it in hindsight. Um, that's how fast time flies. So uh, today we're going to continue with our uh, Tehillim. <clears throat> we are studying chapter 119, the longest capital of Tehillim, the longest chapter of Tehillim, 176 verses. And as explained in the last couple of weeks, each letter of the alphabet has eight verses assigned to it, which means the first eight Verses start with the letter Aleph, then we go on to the letter Bet, Gimel. Today we are going to do the letter Dalet, um, which is the the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and obviously the fourth um, in the series of eight verses to do with Dalet. Now, last week we spoke about the letter Gimel. And we said the letter Gimel is Gomel is talking about doing acts of kindness, and it actually comes, it 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 it, it, it comes just before the letter Dalad, which stands for Dalim, which is poor, which are the poor people. So, Gimel Dalad read together Gomel Dalim. Deal kindly with the poor, and as we said in the structure of the gimel, you will see that it looks like it's a person walking, a person is putting their their foot forward. Um, when it comes to the daled, you see that it is really a gimel. It's got a little bit more of a shortened um, head at the top, but it doesn't have a leg moving forward, which means that the gimel, the, the giver, should 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 chase after he who is poor and he who needs assistance. So that is. When we're looking in the Talmud in the Gemara of Shabbos, um, the, the Gemara of Shabbos connects the Gimel and Dalit to form the message Gomel Dalim, that we need to deal kindly with the poor. But Dalit also means something else. Dalit in Tehillim is speaking about drachim about the ways that lie before man. And this is a very, very interesting topic because we know that the only thing that we have in this world is the fact that we have free choice, that there are many, many paths, many, many roads, many, many highways, many different directions that one can take on in life. And one kind of needs to stop and ask oneself all the time, is this the path that i want to to walk is this the direction that i want to take am i am i fulfilling my destiny am i fulfilling what i was created for um and the way that god allows us to fulfill um our destinies is to give us choices, because at the end, this has got to be something that comes from ourselves, not from God, not enforced on us, not in a, in a, in a manner of slavery, um, or dictatorship. We have free choice. No, we do not have choice of when we, we are, we were born. We didn't have choice to which parents we were born to. We didn't really have a choice about what color hair, color eyes, what country, where where we find ourselves, nor do we have choice of when we are going to. May we live to 120, pass on, and all other things. Imagine imagine a stage, with a whole lot of props on it. So the world is our stage, and wherever we find ourselves, whatever situations we find ourselves, we have the props, we have the the situations, the people. Um, the conditions under which we find ourselves, that we cannot manipulate, that we cannot change. But what we can change and what we can do is we can make choices in that situation. And um, the choices are equal and opposite. They're vast and and they vary. And um, that's really like the entire purpose of creation is put a person in on a specific stage and let's see how they play out. That that situation And we hope And we pray That we make right decisions That we, we, we decide correctly um, How to handle situations How to behave um, Our actions portray Our inner intent And we get things right And you can kind of like Almost just imagine in your mind That that is what it is On a daily basis We have scenarios Playing over and over again And what's very interesting Is that If you are Pretty intuitive you will notice and see that those parts of us that are Achilles, Achilles heel, those parts where we are weak, say we tend to, to get angry or we tend to be fearful and, and anxious about certain things, you will see that those situations come up again and again and again and again, maybe in different stage settings, you know, with slight variations, But they're there because God sticks us on the stage to say, this is one of the things that you need or many of the things that you need to correct. Um, And hopefully we don't fulfill the adage of what uh, good old Einstein said. I love the saying he says, "Um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again the same way and expecting a different result. Many of us go through life, through the stages of life, sitting on the stage of life, through the circumstances. And, uh, you know, we keep on reacting the same way to whatever situation comes and, you know, comes our way. And uh, it's not necessarily the right reaction. And then we get the wrong reaction back again. And then we say, wow, life has dealt us, you know, bad stuff or, you know, can't, can't get over it. This is really the game of life. Find yourself on stage, imagine yourself an actor with the situation, the, 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 props that you have, your family, your friends, your money, your life, your, your, your work, all of that. And choose what path, choose what derech you're going to take. And that's really what the letter dalit is all about because dalit is the same as the word delet as well, which means door. And really we kind of like open one door, which will you know, open to another door and open to another door. Or, if we're using the analogy that I that 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 I've been trying to portray, we'll go from one stage to another stage to another stage to another prop to another prop, and we're needing to open up that delit, that door, the doors, the opportunities in our lives, and we need to create positivity, and we need to create, um, we need to let's say, because we need to make choices that allow us to create. Um, circumstances Where we have raised Godly consciousness In this world and spirituality And uh, if we fail We we'll, may see doors close in our face We may see the same door keep on opening Until, until we learn that lesson So the verses that pertain To the letter Dalad um, In Kufyut Tet In um, the, the, the chapters of Tehillim 119 Are an expression from King David begging God to open the door that will open the way for him to achieve the path of truth, and today, if you really think about it, the path of truth is not so clear, um, there are many truths that that people follow, and uh, you know many times I think to myself when I hear people talking about this is a truth for me or this is my truth, how can we ever divine truth? How can we ever work out what is the correct truth? I think that the answer is that truth has to be absolute. It has to be something outside of yourself. It can't just be your truth because then any truth is true. Any lie is true. You can, you, you can go make, you can prove anything to anybody. You need to find yourself a set of morals of, of guidelines, a paradigm through which you can function that is absolute, that it's, it's outside of you and that you know that in keeping it, that is absolute truth. Even if at times it goes against Seichel, it goes against your intellectual abilities or your ability to, to wrap your mind around it. Um, and that's really what Torah comes and teaches us. It gives us the absolute truth. It gives us what God wants, um, for us to do and, in that way, we hopefully open up the doors of the proper way to to function in this world. You're listening to Revit's Adol Kazilski. Welcome back. And uh, after that introduction, um, we are now going to go into the eight verses that follow the letter Dalit. Um, and, of course, always I welcome your comments. You can WhatsApp on oh six two one four eight. 2374 you can send an SMS to 34519 on air at com is our email and uh, if you want to be uh, brave enough you can give a call on 074 6547 I see that Shalamut has sent an email from uh, sent us a, a WhatsApp before I answer that Shalamut it does not make sense what you're saying Um Please, can you clarify, and then hopefully I will answer on air. Right. King David starts as follows. Dafka le'afar nafshi, my soul clings to the dust. Chayeni kitvarecha, revive me according to your words. King David takes the concept of dust Okay, and he actually links it To what is said in Genesis In Bereshit, in chapter 3 Verse 19, it says Dust you are you, and to dust You shall return Okay, a very, very um, Sobering idea That we are really nothing We are just dust and ashes And um, King David says uh, Davka la'afa nafshi My soul clings to the dust Meaning that I am a composite of body and soul, and um, I know, though, that my soul, says King David, is derived from the spiritual world above, and the dust part of me—that coarse earthly nature—will seek to corrupt, uh, corrupt my soul by diverting it to fulfil. Physical needs and desires. And so, dafka la'afar nafshi, my soul clings to the dust. And so he asks Hashem chayeni kidvarecha, revive me in court in accordance with your words, meaning that um, my soul is in danger of clinging to the pursuit of dust. That's what David is saying. And so he's asking Hashem to revive him with spiritual vigor. We can get so caught up in our cars and our shoes and our clothes and our houses and our money and our fame and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Lots of us forget the plot. And we pay too much credence to the dust part of ourselves, to the moral crassness, uh, to the the physical crassness of who we are. Uh, here King David comes and says that as a, as, a, as a plea to God that my soul is clinging to this dust. I'm schlepping my soul onto that stage of life. And instead of feeding my soul, I'm feeding my body. Help me, chayeni kidvarecha. Can you um, revive me in accordance with your words? There's a very nice, interesting other uh, explanation to this concept of dust that's not... Um, not the same, and that is is that in Genesis on twenty eight, chapter twenty eight, verse fourteen, God says to Yaakov the following: God says, "Your seed shall be as the dust of the earth." That's what He says to Yaakov, and here we understand that just as dust is trodden trodden by by all people. Um, God was saying to Yaakov, your children will be trodden upon all, and just as the dust of the earth wears down metal, while the earth itself lasts forever, your children will wear down the nations of the earth, and they will last forever. So here is another um, idea that... Here we are compared to dust. We are scattered everywhere. It looks like we are lowly, that we don't have uh, too much importance in this world. But after all is said and done, you know, the dust ain't going to be disappearing. And neither are the Jewish people. That dust can even weather down metal. And um, here, dafka la'afar nafshi, my soul clings to the dust. Here we're talking about the dust as God told Yaakov in um in, uh, in 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 Genesis, also um, King David is asking God to revive the Jewish nation, which is an uh, which is an exile. What are we doing in exile? We're clinging to the dust. We're losing the plot because we don't have the Beit Megdash We don't have our Torah. We tend to cling to the dust. Dust. So here he says, "Dafke la'afra nafshi masol clings to the dust." Chayeni Um Hashem, please schlep me out. <clears throat> Don't let me lose the plot. Don't let me lose the derech. Don't let me open the incorrect doors by paying so much credence to the the, the physicality of this world. Let my soul rather, let me be, revive me in accordance with your words. Also, one of the other ideas was that David himself often found himself facing the specter of death. We've spoken about that many, many times, how Shaul, Saul, and his army surrounded David. Um, David felt that he was doomed. Um, And there were many other times when David's own son Absalom set out to, 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 to slay him. He actually stared death. In the face, numerous times, and found himself in very, very difficult situations. And what he is saying over here is that even though my soul almost bit the dust, I almost died. I know that the only way I survived, says King David, "Chayeni Kidvarecha." I have been revived because I listened Kidvarecha according to your words. The second verse, which is verse twenty-six, reads as follows: I have recounted my ways, and you have answered me. Hashem, teach me your statutes, your So here, King David was lamenting. He said, "I know; I am cognizant of the fact that if I followed the only one true derech, the only one true way of life, I would have no problems." But, and this is what's so amazing about King David is that he was so very human. He so understood um, his downsides. He said, I followed many, many ways, some good, some bad, and this has brought me to sin. Nevertheless, I never tried to conceal anything from my maker. I always pleaded for divine guidance. So, drachai sipati, I have recounted my ways, meaning that I have done chuva, I have, I have, Asked and confessed my mistakes, and I'm asking you, Hashem, to show me the one true way. And what happened? Ta'aneni, you answered me, and this is very much connected now with the the, the days and weeks preceding Rosh Hashanah, where the King is in the field, where God is more accessible to us, where we're supposed to be taking an, an accounting of what. Um, you know, what we've accomplished, what we haven't accomplished, our downfalls, our shortcomings. And we've also got to say, we have to tell our story. We have to turn around to Hashem and say, listen, I've messed up. I've, I've done this wrong and that wrong and that wrong. And our prayer is ta'aneni, that Hashem will answer us, that Hashem will teach us um, His Torah. Now, very interestingly, the word specifically is used chukecha um you, you you teach me your statutes we know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago that there are three types of torah laws there's the mishpatim those civil laws that everybody understands not only Jewish people but the gentile world as well will embrace it then we have the edut, the the those um laws that are testimonies they testify to a historic event or testify to um something that that has happened And then we have the chukim, those laws we don't understand. So the question is like this. If King David is saying, I have recounted my ways. I've told you where I've gone wrong. And you have answered me. You have forgiven me, God. Teach me your chukim. Why does it not say teach me your Torah? Why is he only specifically asking God to teach him those laws that have no Um, Logical understanding to them They're unfathomable Um, And there's a very, very interesting And and beautiful explanation given That the the, the Talmud says They're saying that many, many times in life When we're choosing a Derek We're choosing a way We're walking a path Certain events in life will appear As unfathomable enigma We won't understand it We won't work out why God has sent this to us now, why we find ourselves in the position that we do. So King David is recognizing that the way that we, we navigate through this maze is by studying Torah, because it's the key to comprehending the mysteries of life. Now, he's basically saying to God, Lamdeni Chukecha, God give me the understanding Understand that not everything is understood That when I tell you my story And you answer me When I when I confess to you What I have done wrong And you answer me I also recognize In that same breath That I cannot I am not able to solve All the riddles of human existence And I choose the, the path The proper path To follow through my life Even if they are chukim Even if I don't understand them That was the greatness of King David. He was very humble. He had a sense of Masirat nefesh, a a sense of of self-sacrifice, where he understood that God and Torah is much, much greater than him. And there comes a point in time where we let go, let God. We've got to allow and understand and give space to God in our lives because not everything is understandable by us. He then goes on to say, um derech Pikudecha let me understand the ways of your precepts the okay and I will discuss your wonders so Dave, what was David praying to to god he was saying hashem your 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 orders are before before you um, and you understand them I don't understand You need to help me understand them Let me understand the ways Of your mitzvahs You need to help me And if I get a clear understanding Then I will be able to serve you Much, much more fully And I will be able to I'll be able to discuss your wonders. I'll be able to relate to them. I'll be attracted to serving you. So it's a very, very deep prayer, a very, very um heartful prayer to Hashem that I'm limited, I'm human, I don't understand all of the struggles you have put me in. Enlighten me, Hashem. Show me the way. Um And... I think that this type of thinking is is pretty powerful, and I'm happy to hear from from any of you out there if you have had experience that when you kind of let go, let God, when you go and say, "Look, I don't, I don't understand everything that's going on over here. Like this is a struggle, this is a pain, this is this is this is, this is this is maybe even torture. Things are difficult, but I am giving myself over to Hashem. I'm asking Hashem." To, to take over the situation, to guide me, to give me the right Derek, to open the right door, to behave the right way. Many times one tends to get an enlightenment from that. One gets kind of like the light bulb switches on and somewhere along the line. And yes, 2020 vision is always good. One, one tends to look back and say, this was the best thing that, that happened to me. Even when things are unbelievably painful. Uh, I went to a talk the other night, um, with 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 somebody who's just basically a, a motivational businessman etc and one of the the major things that this this person had overcome was the 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 constraint of dyslexia the dyslexia in his life was so bad that at the age of 7 um he was called to the school along with his parents and the teacher said to his parents listen little johnny over here he ain't going to amount to anything he can't read he can't speak he can't write you know, best you just go find some type of vocation for this, this chappy to do because he's pretty pathetic. He's useless. And, and, and she used pretty harsh words exactly as I'm telling you. Now, today this man is a very, very wealthy, very, very famous, very well known, um, uh, icon. And, uh, he said that the, the primary way, the motivating way that he got himself to turn around and he taught himself how to write, and he taught himself how to read. He taught himself how to speak. Okay, um, was recognizing and being grateful for the words of that teacher that he heard at the age of seven. Listen to that. He took the most devastating. The, the woman basically gave him a life sentence of "You're you're you're good for nothing, man," and he took that and he said, "Thank you, teacher." Because it was those words That inspired me to show show You that I'm wrong And I am what I am today Because of you, so thank you That's pretty powerful That's pretty deep, and really I think This is, um, in a sense What King David is saying Is that <clears throat> We in life Tend to, to be pulled With the wrong things to the dust Of this world, to the material coarseness Of this world, to all sorts of Trivialities and not so trivial stuff, but they're reading, leading us in the wrong direction. The, all the verses of Dalit are asking Hashem, please show me the true way and let me understand because when I'll understand, I will be grateful for the manner in which you have taught me and I will know, you know, how better it is for me to live my life. Verse 28 reads as follows. Dalfa, nafshi, My soul melts from sorrow. Please sustain me in accordance with your words. And this again is that we know that every tear that we cry is a result of grief. Okay? Where we, we, we kind of like melt. As he says, my soul melts from sorrow. And David, David was basically lamenting to God that there wasn't a year that didn't pass without a calamity in his life. A month. That didn't elapse with the news of fresh sorrow, a day that didn't go without tragedy. And while all of that was true, he is recognizing that all this affliction in his life was beneficial and it actually he used that affliction to purify his his, his basic instincts and um he knew that his soul melted away from the sorrow. He 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 moved away, and he was able then to kaimeni kitvarecha to be sustained only and solely by God's word. And that again goes back to using the example that I just gave you with a guy. Like there were times where this guy was so depressed, okay, so in the hole that he would amount to nothing. Um. He was so entrapped. But the day that he changed his mind and he said, I'm going to take those very things that have caused me so much sorrow, so much negativity, so much uh, yuck feelings that, that he got from that. I'm going to change them, and I'm going to prove them wrong, was the day that he actually turned his life around. And this is really what King David Um, Is saying over here And I think it's very very pertinent now Again that we are in the month of Elul and that we can Be energized we can be motivated We can be we can feel connected This way that it, it doesn't matter No let me not Say that not it doesn't matter It does matter what we have done this year but it re- doesn't matter what we've done this year insofar as we are able to change it. And that's what teshuva means. Teshuvah doesn't mean repentance. It means to return to Hashem. Take the negative that you have experienced it. Look at it. Analyze it. Ask Hashem to give you an understanding heart and then take it and change it. Let it, let it in and it of itself be the motivating factor that will make your life now coming into the new Rosh Hashanah very different. You're listening to Rabbits and Adol Kazilski. Okay, let's try finish up the couple of verses that we have got for um, the letter Daled. We are now on twenty nine. Chaf tet. King David then goes and says, Dek derech sheker haser mimeni. Okay, remove from me the ways of falsehood. vetoratcha and let. Torah graciously, let me be endowed graciously from your Torah just by the way I want to bring out something very interesting if you are able to look at a text while I am teaching you you will see that the entire most of the entire um, eight verses of the letter Dalet has the word derech drachai siparti derech pikut decha and now we have derech sheker Then we have Derech Emunah. Then we have, on the last verse, the Derech Mitzvot Techa. So you can see that he keeps, he's kind of having a philosophical discussion about what's your Derech? Which way are you walking in life? What's your moral compass? What are you wanting to get out of life? Okay, Uh, I think that this question is asked a lot. And and I think somewhere along the line, everybody in life asks themselves, "Hey, what path am I trotting?" So here, King David is giving us what verse, what ways are good, what ways are not good. Okay, Derech Sipart Dracha Siparti. I have recounted my ways is about Tshuva. Derech Pikudecha, the 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 road of your of of your Torah. Is the way that I is what I want to understand. Derech sheker haser mimeni, the the world of falseness, keep it away from me. Derech emuna I'm going to choose a road, a path of faith. Derech arutz and a way of keeping the way of keeping Torah. That's what I'm going to pursue. So you can see over here that really encapsulated in the eight verses is very much. David discussing his paradigm, the way that he sees the world and how does he see the world, that the only true derech is the way of Torah because with that we are kept away from falseness. We have a sense of emunah, we have a sense of of, of hope and it allows us to walk the moral high ground. Now, derech sheker haser mimeni, what David is really saying there. Um, remove me from the way of falsehood is saying clear my path of all the obstacles that will lead to error and to falsehood and one of the interesting things that the Ibn Yahya says, one of the commentators on Tehillim, um, that David was actually asking this in specifically because when he studied secular wisdom he he was very cognizant of the fact that perhaps he wasn't learning something that was In accordance with Torah And what he was saying here Especially God when I study secular wisdom I need divine assistance to save me From error and misconception Because that is one of the things that we fall on Is that we will sit and we'll listen to a great speaker We'll read a fantastic book We'll study a a, a secular subject And I'm not please, saying that you shouldn't be doing these things Um, But many many times we can be Wrongly influenced by by the subject matter. So, whilst we need secular wisdom to run our lives um, and to earn parnasa, to earn livelihood, we've got to be very, very careful that we don't fall into that trap of sheker of falsehood, and. The most effective deterrent against falsehood is, of course, the truth of Torah. He then goes on and says, I have chosen the way of faith, which means the person who follows, who, who is faithful, he will cleanse himself from all the, 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 the negativity around him. Why? Because he understands that he's on the stage of life. He understands that God is, is coordinating everything. And when you know that you can trust on something that's much bigger than you, that is is worrying about you, worrying about you, loving you, taking care of you um then you're able to clear the path and uh walk the way of this world in a much much easier way um, One of the other ideas that he says over here is that mishpatecha Shiviti that I submit to your judgments, and Rashi goes and says that the word Shave means equal. What is he saying here? that the lifestyle of an undisciplined person doesn't conform with the demands of the Torah and his performances is not equal to the expectations of Hashem. Here, what King David is saying is that he's completely accepted God's demands. His life conforms to God's demands, not the other way around. And that's one of the pitfalls that we fall in, is that we want God to conform to the way we want to live life. When in truth, we should have the emunah, we should have the connection, we should have the, the tenacity, we should have the intellectual ability to choose God as the way of life and for us to conform to him, not the other way round. Finally, he says, Let me cling to your testimonies, Hashem. Don't put me to shame. I will run on the way of your commandments Because you have broadened my understanding You know what Ben Azai says in Pirke Avot He says, run after mitzvahs Even those which appear to be relatively easy And insignificant And always run away from any type of sin For what? Mitzvah, goreret mitzvah One mitzvah will lead to another And averet, uh, averet goreret averet One sin leads to another sin Why? Because the reward of one mitzvah is another mitzvah and the punishment um, for one sin is another sin. And this, the, the, the greatest possible reward for the performance of doing something positive in this world is that one does, the one who does it becomes a better person and the vice versa is also true. So at the end, When he's talking about which path to choose, King David says, let me run after the mitzvot because I know one good deed will lead to another. I will be refined in that way, and I will know that I'll be able to live morally and integrally the way that God wants from an absolute viewpoint, not from the dust, from the the, the coarseness and the, the, the materiality that surrounds me and that schleps me down. And so on that note, I wish you a wonderful week, a week that, as always reminded, um, and I said a few times now, um, is a week of introspection, a week of accounting, and I hope I've just given you a little bit more food for thought um, that will help you prepare yourself more w- before we stand before the King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He, on Rosh Hashanah. So go ahead and have a fabulous week, and please God, we'll be together again next week, Monday.